You're Smarter Than Us is a proud member of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Check out all of the coverage of Soccer in the Carolinas at Soccer, the letter N, SweetTea.com. I will remember you Will you remember me Don't let your life pass you by Weep not for Welcome back to another episode of You're Smarter Than Us. This is our first emergency podcast, and it is in response to potentially the biggest news that we've ever reported, probably since the women's side was announced. Today at 2 o'clock, it was announced that Asheville City SC's men's club has gone USL League 2. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, This is going to be a solo episode, just me kind of working through my own thoughts. Um, Much of this news I found out just alongside of everybody. And so I've kind of spent the day writing down my thoughts, trying to figure out how we got here and how I actually feel about this. Um, This is going to have ramifications for years to come. This is going to potentially set a path forward for the club, whether it be for the better or worse. I'm going to do the absolute best I can just to lay out facts in this podcast. I know in previous episodes, I've spoken (laughs) less than glowingly about USL and their tactics, their recruitment, um, how they execute some of their expansion. But that's, that's my opinion. This is going to be or attempt to be as unbiased as possible. And just looking at the facts with what we know now. So cheers, go grab a beer, pour yourself a glass of wine, and and join me on this trip. All right, guys? All right. So I think to truly understand what where, how we got here, we, we need to look all the way back at the beginning. All the way back at the beginning at the foundation of the club in 2016. If If you know anything about the landscape in lower league soccer... It's that things change quickly, rapidly, and the only um, consistent is inconsistency. So when when the owners got together, when the six Marion boys got together, lifelong friends, saw a need, wanted to fill that hole, they saw a landscape that between the NPSL and what at the time was called the uh, PDL, the USL PDL, was, it, it was much more even. Um, the NPSL had a lot of perks to it. Both leagues depended on college players, on amateur players, but specifically in the Southeast, the NPSL actually probably had an advantage over the PDL. Um, the NPSL at the end of 2016 had 12 clubs in it. Um, six in the South Atlantic and six in the Southeast. Some names that you probably haven't really heard of much in the NPSL because they weren't around for very long after Asheville City came to town was um, the Myrtle Beach Mutiny, 
The Railhawks were actually in the NPSL, Tobacco Road, FC Discoveries. And in the Southeast, we had Memphis, Knoxville, and Birmingham. Um, these were clubs that when, when the owners were probably looking at one of the two sides, weighing the costs, the, the Southeast was actually stronger in the NPSL. So Asheville City joins, um, that's, that's 10 clubs. They actually, the first year, split in half and, and there was two divisions in the Southeast and Asheville City made the playoffs. Asheville City did great. Asheville City out of these 10 clubs finished in the top half of their table. But this is when the league started to lose things. Um, that, that After that very first year, actually before they even joined, um, Myrtle Beach, Tobacco Road, and the Railhawks left before the season even kicked off. Um, within that, after that first season, Memphis and Birmingham left. FC Discoveries folded. Next year, uh, Greenville comes in, but the NPSL is down to eight clubs. Um, the next year, we're down to six clubs because New Orleans and Knoxville falls out. Is this this is progressing in the wrong direction if you see what I'm talking about. From 2016 to 2019, the NPSL lost 10 clubs, 10 clubs in the Southeast, whether because they folded, whether because they went USL, for whatever reason, they lost 10 clubs and only gained two, Asheville and Greenville. So the NPSL as a league, seemed their attention seemed divided. The, the reality of the situation is with Chattanooga leaving, Atlanta leaving, we were down to four teams in the NPSL at this point, um, Asheville, Greenville, Nashville, and Georgia. And if, if you are depending on international Nashville to be a guaranteed game home and away every season, you, you're already kind of betting on yourself to fail. So the NPSL's response to this um, has been not great, to be perfectly honest. I, I don't understand what they're doing. Their attention seems divided. Just in the past 18 months, we're looking at NPSL Pro, Founders Cup, Members Cup, and now they've announced the spring-fall season. So it, it doesn't seem like the NPSL wants to do summer league amateur ball. They want to do everything else. They want to find a niche. They want to recreate the wheel. They want to do something that the UPSL is already doing. They, they want to cater to a bunch of different um, clubs. They don't want to lose any more Chattanoogas. They don't want to lose any more Detroits. But the fact is, is they've already lost them. And so if they think they're trying to protect and keep the next Chattanooga and the next Detroit, I think they need to do what they did that made Chattanooga and what they did to make Detroit, which is summer amateur ball. And they need to do that the best they can. And it seems to be the one thing that they refuse to sink their time and efforts into. So I'm not going to focus on that too much more, but I think that's what basically got us here. We're sitting here in, in the offseason with four teams in the Southeast. International just announced a new coach. Um, Georgia is doing great with their adult amateur team. You know, they're playing at a high school. International is playing at a sports park that makes Memorial look like Mercedes-Benz down in Atlanta. Greenville's playing on a high school uh, park with a, with a hump in the middle of the field. It just seemed like a situation that was not stable. 
there's no logical other club to be coming into the Southeast in the NPSL. There's no UPSL team that just is ripe for the pickings. Low, uh, low Country folded. Uh, San Lee or Soda City aren't quite ready. Savannah Clovers don't really know what they're doing. There's, there's nothing on the horizon for the NPSL Southeast. I think Asheville made this choice when they looked at that landscape and asked themselves if another year in the NPSL with a league that very clearly has no sort of expansion plan and no coherent um, recruitment plan for clubs, are they going to trust in themselves? Are they going to bet on themselves? Are they going to bet on the NPSL? And I think this move is a very clear decree that they are betting on themselves. So why USL League 2 and why specifically right now? Well, if you look at USL League 2, there in, in the South, there's two main divisions that Asheville City could potentially slot into. In the South Atlantic, you're looking at clubs in Greensboro, two in Raleigh, two in Virginia Beach, one in Johnson City, and one in Durham. That's, that's not bad. The ones in Virginia Beach, those are about six and a half hours away. That's further than Nashville, but obviously not as far as New Orleans. In the deep south, you're looking at Statesboro, Dalton, Columbia, Atlanta, and two in Charlotte. Even Statesboro is only four and a half hours away. I think if we ended up in that deep south or if they rearranged these a little bit, you're looking at some natural rivalries that are close, travel reduced, um, we're we're going to get into the pros and cons in a bit, but I'm I'm just laying out the facts right now. That's seven guaranteed home games a season, either either division that we end up in. That is not something that we've had in the NPSL in a while now. Again, reduced travel, natural rivalries, and the PDL slash League Two. It's it's stable and it's sustainable. There's a reason all these other clubs, whether they be U23 teams for League One or championship clubs in the USL, whether they be the end product, kind of like the Charlotte Eagles are for their youth divisions, youth programs throughout what, what whatever structure they have. These clubs aren't going anywhere at, at the moment. Now, we're going to talk in a second about how USL has had some teams that have folded recently. But with what did I just mention? 14 different clubs already you're going to have more chances. You could let a few clubs fail and still have these natural rivalries and still have these games across the state of North Carolina. Um, the hidden advantage of this um, USL League 2 move too, something that I have not seen out anywhere else and I've not heard from anybody. I'm just kind of connecting the dots here. USL is a centralized office. Um, what Asheville City has become is basically a franchise to USL. But what USL will do in that situation for their franchises is go to bat for them. They will help create marketing. They will help create business plans. And in this situation, in Asheville specifically, if you've been listening to any of our podcasts recently, you know that we are at a um, the apex of decision-making with Memorial Stadium. If you go online, if you are at the info session, you will see that I, I, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say probably 85 to 90% of the comments, the public input that has gone into the Memorial situation is positive for Asheville City. People want to see Asheville City succeed 
in this city at Memorial specifically. And what USL can do is they can come in and they can help with that situation. They can give um, anecdotal evidence that having USL soccer in a city can add to a city's infrastructure. It can help um, aid downtown. Obviously, the city council talks a lot about downtown Asheville starting to gain the reputation of a place that locals don't go. Well, they, they go for tourist games and they will come for Asheville City games. This is something that USL can help with. A similar situation that's occurred recently was up in Hartford. Hartford just this year started a championship team up there and they didn't have a place to play. There was a um, public stadium called Dillon Stadium in downtown Hartford. It was built in 1935, so built 10 years after our Memorial Stadium. And the USL came in and partnered with the sporting group up there and helped figure out how to um, fi uh, privately finance, I think about $7 million. The city kicked in $10 million and it opened this year and they are pulling in fantastic numbers up there. They played, they started their season at UConn's football stadium, but they've played the majority of their games this year, home games at least, at Dillon Stadium. It, it's not an ideal situation, and, and theoretically you would like to think that a club could work with its city, but we have allies and we have opponents in the city, whether it be in Parks and Rec or the city council, that uh, even in the neighborhoods potentially around Memorial Stadium that do not, for whatever reason, want to see Asheville City at Memorial Stadium. The tourists are being grandfathered in. They're there. There's not a whole lot to do about that, but Asheville City is scrapping and fighting for what they, what what I believe they believe is rightfully theirs, which is a spot at the table and an opportunity to provide live sports for the citizens of Asheville. Building off that idea, tangentially also, um, you may know that very soon, they will be making the final vote on the Memorial Stadium situation that was supposed to happen back in September because of the hotel situation and got pushed to October, and apparently it's been pushed again. So there is no new news necessarily to report on that other than I think the city is starting to realize that $4 million is not a lot of money, and they cannot afford as much as they thought they could, and that includes... Um, both good things and bad things for Asheville City. I think it means that there won't be a track, but I also at the present moment don't think there's going to be much seating. I've seen numbers as high as 1,200 and I've heard numbers as low as 500. I think that's tied to parking spaces and I'm not exactly sure how they're doing that calculation, but don't be surprised if again, just like at the public input session, the club really asks their fans to come out and vocally support the club moving forward and specifically the club at Memorial Stadium moving forwards. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and kind of talk about some of the pros and cons of this situation. All right, guys, I hope you grabbed another beer. I hope you grabbed another glass of wine. 
We're going to do kind of a deep dive into the cons of this situation to start with. We're going to completely put aside a little piece of language that was used in the press release today that mentioned professional goals with League One. That is a completely other can of worms that will be talked about at great length at a later date, but not just now. This news is enough to talk about unto itself, and I, I just want to, again, deep dive just on the League 2 news. So the first thing I want to discuss as a con is our friends down in Greenville. With only three clubs now left in the NPSL Southeast, and with Greenville FC being the only one without a youth program attached, I don't know where this leaves them. Um, they're going to have to reassess their strategy. They're going to have to do it fast. The Carolina Classico is obviously now in doubt. The Keg of the Covenant, is, will it be traded in a friendly? Is there anything that we can do potentially to salvage this relationship? This past season, the men's side, the Asheville City men's side, we played two friendlies and they were both against League Two sides. We played Tri-Cities and we played the Bantams out of Columbia. So it's not unheard of for NPSL sides and League Two sides to play each other. This would be a natural game, and hopefully it's something they can figure out. Another con is that League Two, USL League Two, has higher standards. This past season, you might have seen games where, I know we had a game that was rained out. It was actually a Greenville game, and we had other games that potentially probably should have been rained out for whatever reason, mostly weather and they were not they were allowed to go on this is because the npsl has a for a lack of a better term a kind of a loosey-goosey way that they execute some of their games league two is much more strict with their standards scheduling is going to continue to be difficult dates are hard to come by at memorial i'm not exactly sure how this is going to be rectified but if you look at the tourist schedule which has already come out there are weekends on Friday, Saturday, April 24th and 25th, May 8th and 9th, May 22nd and 23rd, June 5th and 6th, June 12th and 13th, and then not another day until July 2nd and 3rd, and that's a Thursday, Friday. Were we to make the playoffs, potentially we could host a game, potentially, July 17th or 18th, again, Friday, Saturday. Scheduling is going to continue to be difficult, especially with this, these increased standards. The standards are not there to make things more difficult, but it is something Asheville City will have to raise, uh, rise to the occasion to. League 2 is also more expensive. I'm not exactly sure what the yearly fee is, what the expansion fee is, but I would not doubt that there is a possibility some of that will be passed on in season tickets. I don't necessarily think that means... Tickets are going to go up $40, $50, $60 per season. I would not be shocked if they went up $10 to $15, though. Then we get into this situation of the quote-unquote USL machine. As I mentioned before, it is a centralized office. It is a centralized decision-making entity. Clubs have a vote, but the league makes decisions. In the NPSL, there was 100 clubs, 100 voices, 100 egos that everybody was trying to get what they wanted done, which of course sometimes led to indecision. USL doesn't necessarily have that issue because they do have a centralized office uh, mediating, brokering, and finally making those decisions. USL also has a questionable expansion strategy. 
This is what I was referring to when I talked about some of the clubs that recently have come in have actually folded or clubs that had been around for a while and then went USL, they folded. Oftentimes we see USL over-promising and under-delivering. There is um, examples of folded clubs in Myrtle Beach who did extremely well in the NPSL, went to USL, and folded. Lansing in USL League One lasted one season. They finished second, and they have folded. Rochester, Wilmington, Fresno, these are all examples of clubs in USL that have recently folded for one reason or the other. It's not always USL's fault, clearly. Sometimes it's ownership. A lot of times it's ownership, which is a strength Asheville City has, but it is something that USL needs to be mindful for and of specifically in Asheville again. If they go into Asheville making some of the claims about the impact in downtown and monetary um, gains that hotels are going to see from traveling clubs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I think they're setting themselves up. What flies in Lansing is not going to fly in Asheville. There's also the matter of a perceived loss of independence. Now, USL is not a single entity like MLS, where MLS actually, the league owns all of the teams and owns all of the contracts of the players. That's, again, another issue for another pod. But when you join USL, you definitely agree to certain things. One of the things that you agree to is basically a non-compete clause for two years after you leave the league if you choose to. It doesn't mean that you can't compete the very next year. It just means you don't take your branding with you for two years. So we're Asheville to ever need to leave USL for some weird reason for potentially up to two seasons. Potentially, Asheville could not be called Asheville City SC. They would have to rebrand potentially as Asheville FC or something along those lines. Um, There's been a few other clubs, Fort Worth, and a few others that had to do that for a couple years. Um, USL as a league is a business. They are actually owned by New Rock Holdings and Alpharetta. USL is currently aiding and abetting MLS at the moment. Um with their B and two teams that have been dropped in. And there's still even some debate about what those intentions are. There are theories that theoretically USL is attempting to infiltrate. That's a strong word, but gain influence maybe within the Federation um, and looking to change things from the inside instead of the outside. And the, the last big con that I want to discuss is the potential perception again, that we have lost the DIY, the do-it-yourself approach to soccer here in Asheville and the independence that comes with this. Um, we, I don't know if we've mentioned it on this pod, but if you've lived in the area for a while, you'll know the story of the Staples store that is on the edge of downtown Asheville and the trials and tribulations that it took when that place came in and how downtown Asheville did not want to be perceived as a box store haven This was many years ago, so now it's kind of funny and quaint in retrospect. But this is is this just another example potentially of Asheville bending the knee to corporate America? Now, my biggest kickback to that perception, that idea, would be if Asheville City had been bought out by someone else and taken USL, I, I think that would be a natural reaction. The The owners who chose to go USL, again, those six Marion boys, and now I'm assuming the women had some say-so in this also, these are the same ones that had brought us this far. 
They were the ones who originally thought that NPSL was the right decision, and now they think that USL is the right decision. I trust these men. I trust these women. They, as far as I'm concerned, have not put a wrong foot in yet. I have not seen them make a mistake. Even things that I thought maybe were a little self-righteous at the time, when I step back, I can see the value in what they did. If this is what they think is best for the club, I'm going to trust them. All right, now let's get to the pros. I needed another beer for these. First and foremost, as I mentioned, Memorial Stadium. I think this gives the club a ridiculous amount of leverage and opportunity to show the city what they are joining. I think if they continued in the NPSL and the city at any point actually did a little due diligence or research into what Asheville City was competing in, I think it would have made them look even that much more hodgepodge, patchworked, and, and not to be taken seriously. If USL is nothing else, it is a professionally ran organization. If you Google it, if you go to their websites, if you watch their videos, their graphic design, they, they're professional. Uh, Asheville City has joined a professional, not, not in, you know, paid players kind, you know, League One championship is, but a professionally displayed, professionally put out there product. This can improve our chances at getting the Memorial Stadium we want. Now, does this benefit Asheville City? Of course. This also benefits Asheville as a city. This not does not become Asheville City's stadium unto themselves. This will aid and abet Ultimate Frisbee. It will um, encourage concerts to be held up there, other sporting events, Beer City, youth soccer. The possibilities are truly, truly endless. Now let's take one more step back and talk about that, that league schedule. We, we were on a murderer's row in the last couple of years now of travel. Um, we, we went all the way down to New Orleans that one year. We're going out to Nashville, going over to Chattanooga. All of this, and we're not even truly um, building out a league schedule. With these conferences, we are looking at seven home games with natural rivals. Johnson City, Charlotte. Imagine being able to play Charlotte men and Charlotte's women home and away. No, that's not the Carolina Classico, but we all know what the Charlotte Eagles stand for, and it's in direct opposition to what Asheville stands for. That's humongous. That is a natural rivalry. There's also the silly hashtag, um, path number two pro, and what this is basically parlaying and trying to explain, even though it's a silly hashtag, is that USL does provide a path forward for players. They they have a structure of amateur, league one, championship, and then they potentially could let you go into, if you end up on a tour B team, into the MLS. I never understood per se the appeal of this situation, but after talking to um, several of our players, Asheville City players that have gone pro, Cameron, Dom, they they raise a rise above the the kind of petty federation league nonsense that you know we and Twitter and the soccer and sweet tea slack argue about, and and they just want to do their jobs, and just like any of us, they want a career path. USL League Two truly, even though you know they got their pro positions coming out of the NPSL, 
At the current moment, players see more of a path in USL. So what does this mean for Asheville City? It means that it, it's going to help with recruitment. Player movement is vertical. There's networking involved. Mick, I bet you Coach Mick is just over the moon at this news. He he now has a completely different set of networks that he's probably contacting and recruiting players from. I don't know who we're going to see back. I, I don't know who's committed, but I would not be shocked if we field the best team we have ever fielded next year, specifically in League Two. It's going to be a better product. They're playing against better players, more competition. The playoffs are going to be hard to reach. Our men have never missed the playoffs. I would not be shocked if we missed the playoffs next year. Not because of Coach Mick, not because of the players specifically, but because of the competition. So add all of this up, and this total package potentially is bringing forth something to the fans of Asheville. The Salsa Blues are over in the supporter section. I'm up in the booth giving my memorial report. Some of us know a little bit more than others. 75% of those fans out there, they don't really understand the difference between NPSL and PDL or League Two. And they don't necessarily understand that the Bantams and the Otters last year weren't league opponents, but Nashville and Atlanta SC, who used to be the Silverbacks, but are now Atlanta SC, are. This package as a whole, the USL package, part of the reason it's succeeding where the NPSL hasn't is because it is an Americanized version of soccer. It, it is playing to the strengths and the desires of what the American soccer fans want. Um, there was a, I'm not, I'm not going to name them, but if any of my Asheville people listening to this, you might actually know exactly who I'm talking about. But the very first league game of the season last year, we lost to Nashville in the 90th, 91st minute on a, a free kick that went under the wall and the keeper mishandled it and it went in. It, it was a heartbreaking loss, hard fought game, a little sloppy. The boys had only been together a while, but this kid, this guy went on the Asheville city Facebook page and put a long rant. And the thing that sticks out, and I don't even have Facebook. That's how bad this rant was that it got back to me, but it got back to me that he specifically said that none of this matters until Asheville goes pro. I I can't explain how much how ridiculous I think that statement is, but I'm not sure that he's the only person who thinks that. And I don't necessarily think he means pro in terms of paying the players as much as the product is being depicted is being portrayed as professional. I think our game day experience has always been a professional game day experience, but this is something that maybe even that gentleman can now appreciate and see when he goes to check the tables or he goes to check stats. And it's it's actually portrayed, it's actually depicted, it's graphically designed in a way that is more appealing. The NPSL just forewent all of that. I, I don't know what they spend their money on. It's not video packages. It's not graphic design. I don't necessarily know that other than what Asheville City submitted, anything was ever written about Asheville. They sure as goodness did not come out and do any video design for us or uh, video packages for us. So maybe this is something that people can get behind because they can relate to it, because they can see it, they can touch it. It's more tangible. I know there's people who will say maybe that's more of the club's responsibilities, and, and I don't necessarily think you're wrong, but the, again, 
this is part of the pivot and this is part of what the club has decided they needed to potentially take these next big steps. So before I wrap up, I want to kind of talk about some of the ancillary things that I think this stability that the club now has can affect and affect going forward. A, the USL recently announced the USL Academy, which literally lines up almost note for note with the Asheville City Academy and what it's attempting to do. Now, the Asheville City Academy is attempting to break down the barriers and allow players experience outside of the pay-to-play system. That's not necessarily what the USL Academy is going to do, but it is an actual competition and it is a that Asheville City's Academy could join and compete in. That's phenomenal. The women's team, if the NPSL Southeast had folded, it could have potentially led to the women's team folding. I don't necessarily want at this point with their each ambitions, the men and the women's. Um, and, and it's crazy that I'm saying the WPSL, maybe in the Carolinas specifically, is actually more stable than the NPSL. That kind of hurts my head just admitting. But now the women are stable too. The women can depend on the men to continue to exist. We can continue the Just Play initiative. We give out, the, the club gives out a thousand balls every year. The wristbands help pay for the academy. Even in the spring, there's an event that the club and the Salsa Blues are planning together. I can't give out too many details right now, but it's an extension of the Just Play initiative, which I mean, think of everything the Just Play Initiative is bringing in. The Just Play Initiative even includes the Sensory Friendly Night that we had this past season, that now there are five sensory kits sitting at the field for anybody with PTSD, autism, so that they can come and enjoy these games too. All of the stability, nobody else is doing these things in Asheville except for Asheville City. Without this move, all of this was put at risk. So I hope I've laid out the facts the best I can, the pros and the cons, the cons and the pros. I've tried to leave my opinion out of this. One of the things I've learned by um, a long time ago, somebody told me that if you find yourself as the smartest person in the room, it's time to find a new room. As a soccer fan, I've, I've driven myself into rooms that I may have been out of my depth, that I might have felt uncomfortable with, but it's been in those rooms that I've learned the most and I've grown the most from having those conversations with people. I'm not the same person. I'm not the same podcast host as I was when I started this podcast a year ago, year and a half ago, whenever it was. My opinions have evolved. My mind has changed on certain things. That is not to say that I still think USL is the savior of soccer in this country, that MLS is um, single entity is the way forward for the sport in this country, or that in, in an ideal world, NPSL and a partnership with NISA wouldn't have been preferred and potentially more reflective of the culture in Asheville. What it does mean is if Asheville City wants to be around in 100 years, Lee 2 was probably the best call to make at this point in time. And I'm extremely, extremely excited to see what comes next. Guys, this has been Tim with the You're Smarter Than Us podcast. Expect a lot more episodes coming up soon. I know last offseason we had a lot of dead time. Not a lot of things happened. Not a lot of news came out. 
<laughs> it's going to be a packed fall, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm excited to explore it with um, a lot of old friends and potentially some new friends. So until next time, this has been You're Smarter Than Us. You vitriotic, patriotic, slam fight, bright light, feeling pretty psyched. It's the end of the